0: Welcome to the Wildscast. Today, Rabbi Wilds speaks with Allison Josephs. She runs Jew in the City. Backwards, extreme, judgmental, sexist, these are the words that too often come to mind when people think of Orthodox Jews and Judaism. This is the battle Jew in the City has been fighting since 2007. Jew in the City reverses negative associations about religious Jews by highlighting an approach based on kindness, tolerance, sincerity and critical thinking who makes engaging and meaningful orthodox judaism known and accessible jew in the city is reshaping the way the world views orthodox jews and judaism we hope you enjoy the conversation dating is hard in any time and place especially in a pandemic today rabbi wilds talks to daniela rudolph a professional matchmaker Whether you're looking to get connected with a potential partner or know someone who is, this is the conversation for you. Okay, welcome everyone. Um, And good afternoon. Welcome to our
1: Lunch and Learn and to the Wilds cast. We have an amazing uh, guest, uh, an old, old friend that I'm so happy to be able to host, Daniela Rudolph, who's a professional matchmaker. Um, Before we get into our discussion with Daniela, I'd just like to dedicate, if if that's okay with all of you, to dedicate our talk this afternoon uh, to uh, our my dear friend, Rabbi Ezra Cohn's uh, mother, whose yard site is today, I think it's 32 yeah. years, um, which is a long time. Ezra was a, a teenager, unfortunately, when his mom passed away. And um, her name was Sandra Cohen, Sarah Malka Bat Aharon Avram Halevi. And Daniela, I'm told you knew her.
2: I did. And she was my teacher exactly in that period of time. It was really, really, really sad. And I really miss her. Um, we said a lot of Tehillim when we heard and um, very close with the Cohens and my mother and Sarah Malka, Miss Sandy Cohen. She They were best friends. So, and I'm friends with the whole Cohen family. Wow. So, yes, this is very special for me that of all times you're dedicating it. And she passed away on January 12th, if I'm not mistaken, on the English calendar. So it's... Uh,
1: well, yes. I, I believe everything happens for a reason. And, yes. uh, you know, we have long relationships with the slushes. Um, and, yes. um, and I'm, I'm really happy because, um, I mean, I don't have to tell you, we're, we're close with all the cones, the extended Cohn family have all been so helpful. But Rabbi Ezra, who's been with MJ for over, over 15 years, completely dedicated himself to our outreach work. And he's not only, Continuing to lead downtown MGE, but he's been our COO and has done an stellar, stellar job during this whole COVID time, taking us online. And anyway, all of his dedication and uh, devotion to the Jewish people should serve as an aliyat neshama, as an elevation Amen. for Sarah Malka, Bat Aharon, Avram Halevi, uh, in whose memory our discussion will be um, will be had. So Daniela is a professional um, matchmaker, and she's a relationship coach. You can't be one without the other these days. She's worked with hundreds of singles um, with the singular goal of helping others find that needle in a haystack. Other way, my mother-in-law of blessed memory, Jill's mom, used to always call my father-in-law of blessed memory her needle in the haystack. So when I saw that on your bio, I... I got all emotional. Anyway, in a time when um, so many people are meeting through swiping, uh, there are many people looking for more authentic connections. So they're turning to the tried and true matchmaker. Um, and just as an aside, shameless plug, um, MG is responsible for, not that we're counting, but 328 matches. And that's just people who've Ooh. Met, at, <laughs> met at our events. You know, who knows more we could have if we, had a professional like Daniela working with us, but I wasn't aware of this, but I saw also in your bio that the dating industry is a billion dollar industry in the United States and personal matchmaking services account for about 500 million, half of that, according to the Matchmaking Institute in New York City. I didn't even know there was a Matchmaking Institute in New York City, but that same group estimates that there are now more than 2000 professional matchmakers in the United States, thousands more worldwide, And what is special about Daniela, besides the fact that she lives in the Holy Land, but she has clients all over the world, is that she is also an observant Jew. She's filled uh, with the wisdom of our Torah that can be so helpful in the dating and dating coaching experience. So It's really the perfect opportunity for us to hear about what's happening out there in the dating scene and to get some important tips, because MGEs for 20s and 30s, a lot of people listening or watching this that want to get a... uh, I want to do better. I want to meet their soulmate. So tell us a little, Daniela, how dating has changed. Um, and how, that helps, how, how that impacting the Jewish community, what kind of unique issues maybe face Jews in the current dating scene?
2: Okay. Well, first of all, thank you, Rabbi wilds for have, hosting me and, um, Mark. and, and very warm regards from my husband and from Rabbi Gideon, Shlish, my brother. Um, so, to answer your question, I think that there is a huge um, issue today with dating um, where people are needing to work. We all need to inspire ourselves to work towards our goals and not expecting other people to naturally, you know, find their match for them. But people, I personally have to go take a walk and do my strength training every single day in order to stay fit. And it's, and it's in our attitude. Um, my attitude towards um, getting that challenge done every single day and then making sure that I eat right and healthy in order to um, to get to my goals, to get to my fitness goals, right? So each person has their own goals on different levels, whether it's health, spiritual, uh, meeting their match, um, you know, being a good parent when they're a parent. So in terms of how this affects um, I think it's I, I, the de- the Jewish dating world. I think it affects the Jewish dating world when people want to get to their goal, but need to have, you know, advice about how to get there. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm going to be actually running a Dating Smarter series um, this coming Sunday and the next Sunday, but how to get to our goals, um, you know, like it, not to expect other people to walk over to them and say, I want to set you up, but rather taking a step towards doing it just like it's a Jewish thing, right? We, we, we all naturally need to do our work. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, in order to, you know, what's going on in the world today is uh, that a lot of people are like you said, swiping, uh, you know, left, right, you know, that they want to go out and that they're expecting that, you know, the right answer to come right now, that they, that they'll get set up this second with the right person and that they'll message them, And they won't necessarily even ask them out. And I hear this a lot on these sites. You know, people come to me after, you know, going on these sites. Um, Some of them are successful on these sites. Right. But at the same time, um, when they sometimes will just like date somebody for a week or two, and then they will, um, you know, not necessarily even meet the person. And have a phone conversation, or have a an in person date. That's, Obviously, today with
1: that's that's considered a date. In other words, they'll have considered themselves um, going out with someone, even though they never met them. I mean, let's say pre COVID. I know COVID creates a whole thing.
2: Right, right. So yeah, so it, it's it's an issue. I think it's a miscommunication about understanding what dating means, right? So I think that in general, different individuals think differently about what dating means to them. So some people will say, you know, that they're dating somebody means that they're messaging somebody back and forth, but they're not even going on a date. And then they won't say yes to somebody else because they're dating somebody, but they haven't even met that person yet. Mm -hmm. So if they keep dating that way, then they'll never get to a date. And then they won't know if they really like the person. In the meantime, they're saying no to a lot of other people. So that's one issue. There's so many issues because there are so many, issues, are so many right. different types of dating cultures. I put it, you know, because like there, there are some people who date more than one person at a time on these on these apps, which also creates an issue because then they, they the ne- the next one's probably better, right? And then they 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 can't settle in in their mind about one person, you know, and seeing if it's good and if it's not good, then let's move on. But you, you see how there are so many yeah. different facets. I, I mean, mean, I can keep going. Think- with the-
1: do you think people feel like sort of ethically I shouldn't be going out with anyone else because I'm maintaining a relationship, even though they haven't gone on a date and people are that scrupulous?
2: Yeah. So there's so many different ways of looking at this. And it depends, I think, also on age. OK, so I think that if someone is really young in their early 20s and it's it's general, generally acceptable, in my opinion, to only go out with one person at a time in their early 20s and even a little bit in the, in the mid 20s. Um, I would say even all the way straight through that they could do, you know, date one person at a time. But that means fully dating them, in my opinion. I think that's one of the big issues today that people don't fully date somebody to see if a relationship develops. Right. So is it ethically not? a, You know, like so then the question is, like I might say to somebody, so are you available to date Well, I'm dating somebody? Oh, so what does that mean? Oh, you're checking them out. <laughs> so I'm like, you didn't even meet the person yet. You're not dating anybody. Right? That,
1: I mean, do they honestly think that there's an ethical problem? I mean, until you have like a relationship with someone, is it really, I mean, I don't see from a Torah perspective why that would be a problem if you're not involved in a relationship with someone, even if you went on a one or two, even three dates, if you're not in an exclusive relationship, why? why should you preclude yourself? I mean, it might not be a good idea because maybe it's confusing. And maybe as a date. I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's it's confusing to people like they should forget about the ethics? Maybe. Right. Just not a good idea because, you know, the guy or the gal is not going to be able to focus properly.
2: Yes. Okay. So this is this is mind blowing for me. Okay, I've had this conversation with Josh, my husband, for everybody else to know. Um, Quite. You know, quite a few times, you know, and I did not think it was ethically okay to date more than one person till recently till Corona started, actually. (laughs) And now I think that later late 20s and on and up. I do actually think it's okay to chat with more than one person at a time because if they can't even meet in person, maybe they won't even click online. So, you know, so that they can even just meet. I still think they should meet on video chat. That's my personal opinion because look at us. We're having a nice conversation. Mm -hmm. Each of my uh, people who I could meet with, I meet on video chat for an hour and a half. You really get to know somebody very well during that hour and a half. So, um, I, I, I do, I didn't. I had more of a problem with this until Corona started. And then I started to understand it. But that goes with the concept of making sure you don't, you know, keep somebody waiting too long, you know, like where I'll tell somebody, you know what, she's expecting you to ask her out at least for a video chat. Right. Or if in you're in a location where you can meet in person and it's not too cold. I know in New York, it's really freezing. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, like if just that, what I think is important, guys, I I know I'm very, you know, I'm very traditional. A girl can ask a guy out. My daughter asked her husband out. Okay. So I get it. And I think it's great, but I am very traditional, um, in that way that, you know, if you're chatting with a woman, with a woman, you like her, ask her out. And what I mean by that by Corona rules. Okay. Ask her on a video chat. Right. You know, it's, it's in the attitude just to see if there's any chemistry and if there's chemistry, then you go out again. You see, do you like spending time together? Do some and, of these you, virtual
1: games. Let me, let me just jump in. And during that period of time, let's say you went out on one date and this is a general question. Maybe you can't answer this for everyone. Let's say you go out one day. Do you think it's not advisable for that person to be entertaining other prospects. There's no relationship. There's just that one day they had an hour and a half video chat. Let's say, or before COVID, they actually they went to Starbucks, sat for an hour in Starbucks, or got dinner. I'm not asking ethically because I personally don't think there's a problem ethically at this point yet. But, but I'm asking, let's say as a relationship coach, do you think, um, you know, too many people will be distracted? They won't be able to be focused, or does that depend on the person?
2: I think it depends on the person, but I. I really would rather say meet her again or he or she you should ask the other one out, let's say, for tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow night, but like in two days, in two to four, every two to four days to go out mm-hmm. and not to make it stretches of like a week till you've met again. Why? Because you need to allow for the relationship to develop. Mm-hmm. And that means keeping the momentum going. The second you stop the momentum, they lose interest.
1: Okay, so, so stop, let, me, let me stop there. This is so important, Danielle because, and I really appreciate it. I hope you don't mind. I know we had other questions, but this is so, because I see in New York, a lot of my Hevra from MGE, they're waiting the week. The yes. guys are waiting, the girls are, I don't know. It's like this thing, the week, and you're saying that that, you're now mm-hmm. getting in the way of something developing.
2: Huge mistake. Exactly. That I agree with you on point. That's exactly what I'm trying to point out here, mm-hmm. that, that. I see it. I see it happening. Remember, I'm setting up people all around the world, all at different ages. Okay. And mm-hmm. all different religious and secular levels, as long as they're Jewish and speak Hebrew and English or English mm-hmm. and they want to get married. Those are the types of people that I set up. Okay. So, um, I am the one, you know, to make sure that, you know, if they, you know, I could see that happening. If they waiting the week they they lose interest. And then also what you're saying happens is that someone else wants to introduce them or someone comes to them on some platform. They get interested. And then they really had that amazing connection, that chemistry on that first call. Let's see if it can develop into something because they like them, not because we're forcing right. them.
1: And, I don't and want okay, I'll throw in something else. And I don't know how you feel about this, but let's say the first day didn't go so well as long. I mean, my feeling that maybe you disagree You know, when I was single, my my rabbi of blessed memory, Josh knew him. um, I don't know if you knew him, Rabbi Joseph Grimblatt. And he called me up to fix me up with some girl from his previous um, steller, from his previous congregation. He was a rabbi in Montreal. And he said, look, Mark, I want to fix you up with this girl. She's a little shy. She's super quality, you know, lovely young woman. But I'm not going to fix you up with her unless you agree now to go out with her at least twice. (laughs) And I was like... Twice, Rabbi, let me, let me check it out one time. I'll get back. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I know already she's not going to show her true colors on date one. She's just, okay. So I just, is, is that something? Because I know a lot of people from my rabbinate over the years, students of mine who I absolutely adore and think the world of. And they may not, their first impression may not be so awesome, you know? Right. Um, you know, do you think we should institute as though we have any power over anyone? <laughs> we on this podcast, we can institute together um, the rabbi and the and the dating coach, um that everybody goes out at least twice. Well, that, I, I don't
2: know. I'll tell you why. um I'm, I personally never wanted to go out with on a second date with someone I really felt I didn't want to go out with again, but I always like to tell everyone the story that. My brother did, you know, like they weren't sure they wanted to go on another date. And the Uh person who set them up said, you have to. Now they are happily married.
0: Uh Uh
2: Yes, very happily married. But, you know, and I have permission to say the story because I feel it's important to realize that. You know, you have to broaden your mind. That's what we do during my meetings. It's just like just chatting, right? And like right now we're having this conversation that people are listening and they're saying, oh, that really can happen. But if I'm not forced to, like I feel like if people are forced to, it's a little tough, you know, but rather opening their minds like, are you you know and and hearing from both sides what the story is, like I'm in touch with both people. so it's it's a really huge advantage. You know, if I'm hearing that the guy really likes the girl or the woman, and the woman is not so sure, but I say, you know what, He really wants to go out again, and then she says, oh, okay, maybe i'll I'll give it another shot. You know what I'm saying? Like she All sees right, do, that guys, he's the way, do, guys,
1: do guys do that <laughs> In other words, are guys just as likely? in your experience to like, when they hear that, oh, I'm not so interested. Oh, but she really wants to go out again.
2: Um, I'm not into forcing right. the guys so much to go right. out again. If they're not interested, I'm really into, um, you know, it, 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 I don't, I don't, and the women also, you know, they really don't want to after asking a second time, you know what, it wastes time in the dating world. If they're really, right. if they no, really
1: like, yes. if, listen, if the person has, I always make a joke. If they have a criminal record, if they're a felon, then I guess you don't have to automatically go out in a second time. But I don't know. This is my feeling. and I, Maybe you disagree, but I just, I've met too many quality people who don't shine on date one.
2: Right. And,
1: and I feel like it's it's a shame because they may need a little more time to, I'm a more of an extrovert type. I just like tell everybody everything. all right. like. But a, a lot you. of people are not like that. They're just, right. right. They're just not like that. So why not try to, air on the side. And I'll tell you one other story. Um, I fixed up my chavruta years ago when I was in college in YU. I fixed up my study partner with uh, the sister of my chavrutah from my, my yeshiva year in Israel. They went out on a date. I remember he came into the Beit Midrash after the date was over. And I was like, how'd it go? He's like, yeah. So I said, do you want to go out again? He's like, I don't know. She was nice. You know, I guess... You know, she was nice. I just, and then he started telling me things that he wasn't so into her about. So I said, look, I, I, I it's up to you. You know, I was, it's a fine. It goes out again. Comes back the second date. Same, same thing. Third okay. date, keeps doing it until date six. Okay. Wow. He was Gaga and they're married, six kids. Wow. Blah, blah,
2: blah, blah. I'm really happy to hear that story. It helps me.
1: Thank you. Well, I hope, I hope, the, the reason I share it is because I I do feel, and and I'm generalizing, but I do feel that a lot of the guys I talk to, you know, get very quickly excited or turned off. Yes. And, you know, I guess first impressions are everything and maybe men are making more evaluations based on physical, but um, I don't know. I I, I try to encourage people to kind of look a little deeper, spend a little more time before saying, you know, before closing that door.
2: I agree. I agree. Any, any time somebody says that they would consider even 1%, 10% going out again, I said, then go out again. Like that's my, also my approach, you know, absolutely. You know, because you never know. And, and I also explain that, let's say you go on that second date and you weren't really, you know, like, let's just say with a 3% chance that it could work. The fact that you went on that second, second date and it didn't work out and you don't want to go on a third date, at least now you've confirmed it. And it's not like weavering in your mind. Should I have, should I have gone That's out again? Important. You know? That's
0: important.
1: And,
2: and it's also really hard to go back and repair anytime you break something, it's always hard to repair it. Yeah. So it's better to right now, be sure that, you know, that there's no chemistry. Right.
1: Right. So it's, how, much, how much, let me, let me move on to another question. How sure. much matchmaking do you think is spark? slash chemistry versus similar values, similar goals. You know, you get the shidduch resume and you can take two pieces of paper and look, match them up. You know, um, how much do you think is that spontaneous kind of vibe feel versus similar values and goals?
2: I think it's an amazing question. I think that there has to be the chemistry no matter what, right? Like they ha- they have to have chemistry, whether it's automatic, it's instant. That's a different question. They have to really like each other, right, to live together, right? So like they have to like each other enough to go on the next date. They have to like each other enough or at least, you know, like – you're not telling them they have to, you know, like that kind of thing, that they want to go on another date just to spend time with each other. That's the way I see dating, just to see if you like each other. And then the the deve- it develops the relationship more and more as they meet more and more often. If they ha- are have, have these identical resumes or the resumes that fit exactly, then it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have the chemistry. It could be perfect on paper, as they say, Right. But the whole point of meeting each other, that's why I encourage video chat, is because in in lockdown, I'm saying, you know, um, in quarantine time, you know, Corona times. At least meet on video chat to see if you like each other enough that when it's okay to go out in person, wherever you live, depending on where you live, and it's safe, you know, to go out in person and You know, to see if there's that spark, to see if you enjoy talking to each other, if you smile when you look at them because you know you like being around them, or you like thinking, "Oh, I like that person that I just met." You know, so it's that's the chemistry. So I think you have to have that. So how when I think of an idea, you know, when an idea comes to me, it's fabulous. First of all, love it. So you know, it's it's about the the religious level or secular level. you know, how, how educated they might be or not like depending on what's important to them. Cause I have this conversation, a very full, deep conversation with each person, um, you know, and all in like age range and just different aspects, location even comes into play, especially now. Um, So all those things do come into play when I'm thinking about them, but I met with them. So I'm thinking also about their, their, their personalities. It Mm -hmm. still doesn't mean that they'll have the chemistry, but like, I have a couple that, is dating what I have a lot of couples dating now, which is super exciting. Uh, um, and the guy tells me, you know, today he's, this is the one, you know, it's, it's, in, you know, and she, I know is so happy also. And I have a few couples like this and it's just, but, but what did I think of when I introduced them is their there's something about their personalities with the chemistry. Okay. Like, like I,
1: so, you were when you were fixing them up, you were not simply looking at the age you know of each person, the goals that they have in life, their religious level. you were also thinking about it, just like that sixth sense that maybe yeah. you may have as a matchmaker now that like I think they would click, yes, you are you are there. And, and and let me ask you another question, just drilling down on the chemistry, so sure. I know this is a big issue for a lot of my students um. You know you, you you use the word "automatic." It's not always automatic. So are there a lot of instances where chemistry builds? or, or is well, there-
2: I would say that with all my couples who are married, okay, mm-hmm. that there was a chemistry from the very start? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it didn't build for one like it, I think in general, let's say the guy might really know, like this is the one earlier than the woman she might know but need more gradual time to develop in her mind and to feel like it's at a pace that's that works for her. Um, but at the same time, she knows, because I know how she reacts to, to what she's telling me, right? You know, I know how she's saying, you know, so it's automatic.
1: Mm-hmm. But the chemistry you're saying is usually there in the beginning or it usually doesn't develop at all.
2: Usually. And I mean, I've, I've had a couple once, this is once, you know, that went out seven times. And when I heard them talking, this is, you know, I meet with each person first face to face. And then a lot of it is on WhatsApps, emails, whatever it is, the the, however we connect technology, you know, technology wise. And then of course, we'll get on the phone if we need to, you know, but whatever, but it's a lot can, I can handle working with a lot of people this way. And it's wonderful. Um, but what I saw, the, the way the person wrote, oh, yeah, I can go out again. I'm thinking, what? Like, mm-hmm. this is not what seventh to eighth date should look like. They, mm-hmm. they should want to go out again. Like, right. th- why, why waste time in your dating life, right, on just, uh, it could work. That was like me, the – so I got on the phone with both the guy and the woman, and I had a full conversation with them, understanding that they were both like, okay, this could work. But that, I think, is one of the problems in, I mean, except for your friend, you know, your chavrusa, where it was sixth date that he realized. But I have a feeling there was a lot more there. By the way, yeah, and I don't, I don't know think if you
1: were. I don't think it went from zero to like nothing. Was yeah. being felt. I yeah. think something was building a little. Right. Um, yeah. You know, yes. and-
2: but, uh, but but I ended up telling this couple that I set up. I told them basically I advised them to end it.
0: Well, it did. I, we we're just end it.
2: Ended. Like why why? Be in a neutrally uh, emotional relationship. That, that's, you know, like, I don't know if that's a, a concept, yeah. but like, why not be excited about the It's parva.
1: We call it parva.
2: Parva, you know, like, why? You know, we want happy couples. We want couples who want to be married to each other.
1: And, and what do you do? I just, I, I, I have such a hard time helping people in long relationships that yes. are just not going anywhere. I'm always reticent, you know, I'll never tell people, I try, I don't. I never tell people what to do, okay, that's not a rabbi's job, I try to give them some guiding Torah principles, they have to make their own decision, but it just pains me sometimes to see people, they don't want to, they're too afraid to make that change, because they're afraid, yes. um, you know, often it's a woman, it, it, it's been a guy here and there, but I find it's more a woman who really wants to get married, and the guy is just not sure, or he has commitment issues um starts taking her for granted but doesn't want to break up with her right her kind of locked in the relationship she could walk away anytime but emotionally she's just afraid because maybe if i stick it out he'll get the guts to (laughs) propose and we'll have a marriage out of here but you know and i'll have been foolish to have walked away but on the other hand i feel like you know i'm not it's abusive but i feel like it's it's just a very unhealthy relationship in those times. And yes. I'm, I'm hard-pressed how to, how to advise them. Yes.
2: Well, I would personally, if they came to me, I would have a conversation with each of them separately to really understand if this is going anywhere. If it's not going anywhere, I would highly advise them to get out of it so they can meet somebody. So, first of all, they could recuperate, they could get over this relationship and move on. They need to first close one door before the next door opens. Yeah. And what happens is, in those cases, is that people get older, right? Naturally, I know I'm just stating the obvious, but then later it's not so as easy necessarily to meet somebody for whatever reasons, you know, like, and then that people, the, you know, want to have children and, you know, they have to deal with the limits of, you know, well, not necessarily there's there's there is a lot of medical intervention today. But still, you know, it's so what you're saying, it pains you. It pains me, too. Um, And I would rather them go and speak to somebody, whether it's you or to me or to somebody else, you know, just or to or to a marriage therapist. By the way, I'm not a therapist. I am a marriage educator, mm-hmm. um, educated by Yeshiva University. And um, and became a marriage educator. By the way, first had nothing to do with shidduchim, nothing to do with matchmaking. And then two years after I started teaching couples communication skills and relationship building skills, and oh. and brides, brides, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, halacha Jewish law about getting married. Both of those things. Meaning, I, I decided I wanted to teach couples how to have an awesome marriage, and I call that marriage architect designing marriages. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like had nothing to do with matchmaking. And then people started showing up at my doorstep, like one person after the other, after the other, having these full deep conversations with them. I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, this is a really close, you know, target client to uh, an engaged couple, but not quite about a hundred people in nine months. And then I realized this is something I'm really important to deal with, meaning to to take on as my profession, so it became matchmaking at what I call networking for singles is a branch of marriage architect, because as you know, they all go together sure. and um. Sure. And I and all of those during those nine months of meeting 100 people in the beginning, it was religious, not religious. And um, and that's my pleasure. I love it. I love the dynamic aspect.
1: I'm not asking you what you charge because that would be unprofessional. But what is the average? Because I think that, you know, the dating websites are definitely working for some people, depending on what your goal is, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, The goal is marriage. (laughs) I got to tell you, it ain't working for a lot of my students. So I've been encouraging them to, you know, to hire someone. You know, I mean, people have headhunters for jobs. Why shouldn't they have, you know? And and I'll tell you the other challenge in our community at MJE. So, I went to a Yeshiva Day School. I went to a Yeshiva in Israel. I went to a certain camp. I had a certain chevra, two or three different groups of people. So, like, I'm just plugged in. You know,
0: right.
1: if and if you're, you don't even need to be a terribly popular person. And you grew up in the modern Orthodox world. You've got a bunch of circles, and you're all right. dating around the same people. My chevra from MGE, <laughs> whether those individuals uh, are becoming fully observant or not, and they're just sort of dipping their toe into the, the sea of Torah, um, they don't have that kind of group. Right. You know, unfortunately, the conservative and reform communities, at least in the last 20 years, have not developed that kind of chevra. They have friends, they have colleagues at work, they have, they have buddies they went to college with, so they're just not being fixed up. And right. um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been more recently encouraging people to go the route of a Daniela Rudolph, of finding a, uh, you know, a matchmaker. Um, what does it cost and um, how can any of our listeners uh, find one? If it's not you, it's somebody else. Um, tell us a little about that process.
2: Okay. So usually when somebody wants to meet with me, they've heard about me from a friend from Facebook, but usually it's word of mouth or something like this a podcast and you, you know, whatever it is. Um, Some someone contacts me, I let them, I send them an email so that we're on the same page. I charge a meeting fee personally and um, I don't know really what other people do because I'm so involved in my own bubble. So I can't really give you um, information about other people, but uh, you know what? what is a nom- you know like a basic fee for a meeting time one and a half hour meeting you know what i'm saying like it's just for that time that they, i'm not with my yeah, family yeah. Get, um, i don't know
1: 150 200 it's 250
2: dollars in, in america and it's mm-hmm. 600 shekel in israel
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, now the dollar is so weak right. that it's almost the same price but i was you know trying to keep it lower mm-hmm. in israel because of whatever reasons. Um, and nothing after everything else afterwards is free until there is a match. And then people really like to give a nice gift of a, a, a cash gift. Um, so hopefully, you know, help me continue doing what I'm doing. And also it's like a halachic concept of trying to, um, show thanks for the match. Um, if so, so, so around, uh, my seventh couple actually as a result of a different service, which is totally optional, and it's a VIP service, and I don't really, um, I don't generally market it um, to everybody because it's not for everybody. It, it's more of a monthly thing, and that's on a higher level. And I really like to speak to the person first to see if it's a good fit before right. giving prices. And right. that is something that um, you know, it's more a daily. It's it's like that daily messaging, being involved while I'm networking and. And searching for them, it actually brings in new ideas for other people on the network too, which is really nice. So it's a win-win-win because, you know, you can't, for seven years, I, I put my own money into this, you know, invested uh, to continue doing this because I don't have another job other than this. This is what I do full time. Um, mm-hmm. And then this proactive, I call it this VIP service, is really wonderful in that way that it's that it helps the whole entire network. But if somebody wants, you know, that personalized networking and and searching on their behalf, that's what it entails. Um, but as opposed to the other more basic, which is great for everybody, because I still set sure. people up no matter what. So that's just a one-time fee.
1: Okay. And tell us the, uh, how can they get in touch with you? I don't marriage? Know. Yeah, I'm not. Marriage either. Architect. What? <laughs> either way, how, how do they get in touch with you if they're interested in uh... Sure.
2: So it's marriagearchitect at gmail.com or my website is marriagearchitect.com or Facebook. I'm Daniela Rudolph. Uh, people can send me messages on my main Daniela Rudolph profile page or on my Marriage Architect page. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not really, you know, so it's more, right. uh
0: all right, so you
1: Can have you a, a,
2: LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn,
1: and email directly is marriagearchitect okay, at gmail. Okay, good. Gmail.com. The email I was sending. Yes, okay, that's, that's happy. Really really, really, really helpful. Um, uh, any uh recommendations? Um, I mean, that's I think besides recommending they call you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. any other recommendations for someone? Just uh, not having luck on their own um and maybe for whatever reason either they can't afford or um even though it, it does sound very reasonable um or the, i don't know they just weirded it out by hiring a professional which i think is ridiculous but people have said that to me um any other just kind of recommendations um that you can provide for people looking um, okay
2: yeah so there are you know all. First of all, there are all those platforms out there, you know, the the Why You Connects, the J-Wed, the J-Swipe. I can't really recommend anybody because I don't really know the platforms. Yeah. Um, But telling their friends, I think it's really important to tell your friends, you know, that that they should really just go from friend to friend and talk to them on the phone or video chat because of Corona. Otherwise, they'd see them at Shul or at MJE Function. Um, and to really just talk to them and say, you know, please, you know, look out for me, you know, um, or please help me out, you know, however you want to say it, but then tell them what you're looking for. Tell them what you're open to tell them the age range, tell them, you know, send them some pictures today because of all of these, you know, Facebook and whatever your picture is going to be out there. And I will tell people that if there is no picture unfortunately people don't want to go out it. it's not just the guys don't want to go out. The women also don't, they want to see who they are going to date, whether I recommend that or not, that's a whole other story, but that's our world today. So um, we can't fight everything, you know, we just have to like make sure that it's a good picture, you know, make sure and, 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 and that kind of thing. But, you know, not, it's not, I think uh, the way I started is also this point. It's the attitude. I think, of course, it's really hard, you know, that, I have to go walking or running. I ran today first time, like I haven't run like in nine months. Um, So I ran and I usually walk now and I do strength training. It'd be so easy if I could just be fit without doing anything, right? Or or eating healthy, not eating, you know, the chocolate popcorn my son just made, you know, I I have to be careful about what I eat and I have to, because to be healthy, but I think that it's the attitude. It's not easy. It's not easy, keep on looking, keep on looking. But I think what happens a lot is that, that we need to work on our gratitudes, what we do have. We need to, we, meaning everybody, right? And, and journaling maybe, um, what I do have, what I'm grateful for, what I'm positive about. And guess what? Positive attracts positive. We yeah. all know that. Right. So yeah. I think that it's that concept that really will help people more than just the networking. It's working on the mindset and having unlimited beliefs in what you can accomplish and meeting your spouse. You know, like my father used to say when somebody would say, "Oh, when I meet my spouse, emir to Hashem," and my father would say, "No, beezrat Hashem, beezrat Hashem. When you meet your spouse, right? Like it will happen. God wants it to happen, right? So it's it's knowing it's it's having this." this, um, you know, knowledge, this emuna. this
1: really, it's really emuna. It's really faith. And, and And, yeah, yeah, go ahead, please.
2: No. So I'm just saying, I think that that is very much part of the answer. Okay. And I know it's hard when we don't get what we want today. I did it today. I believe today, today I did what I needed to do, but it's a process. Right. And it, and, it, it we, and neuroplasticity. Right. We know the neuroscience is is telling us that we need to grow our minds in the direction that we want to grow. The positive grows the positive. Smiling, you know, brings on so oh. much. I know that we were ma- wearing masks now, but it still has the effect on your body. Right. On on being oh, more positive.
1: There's no question. What. Um, by the way, Jill says hi. She's just. Hi,
2: Jill. hi how are you? Hi, oh, there you are. Hi, (laughs)
1: it's all
2: because of Jill.
1: (laughs) It's the truth is is that that's what was attractive to me. Um, we actually lived in the same building, that's how we met. And, um, and I used to see Jill getting into the elevator going to work in the morning, and she just looked like a happy person. Me, on the other hand, first thing in the morning, I look like a like a bomb just blew off and I'm just like, like, in, like I'm still sleeping. And I was everybody I, I'm saying that was what was attractive to me. And I've said this to a lot of people, it's just challenging for people who have been at this for years, yeah. haven't oh, had yes. success to, to then just keep a smile, but you know, it brings more smiles and it, and, and it makes you a more attractive person. A hundred percent. It's incredibly yeah. important.
2: Right. It's exactly what you're saying that, that, I understand because I, you know, I work with people all the time and I want to help everybody, right. But everybody has to help themselves too. If I said today, I'm going to eat a whole box of cookies. I'm not, I'm using this as an example because a lot of people can relate to fitness and health. Right. But it's also showing, and I remind people that when people are looking to get married, they think that's the only challenge in the world that married people don't have challenges. Right. Right. And it's, it's, of course, everybody has challenges, you know, so, but, but, we have to deal with it, and you know, of course, I have the sympathy and, and the empathy and the and the and the desire to help because I wouldn't be dedicating the, since 2012 every single day of my life since then to setting people up. Right. But at the same time, you're asking a question: What can they do? This, I will tell you, helps a tremendous amount. I've
1: seen right. it. Yeah. So, guys, everybody's listening to this. Uh- <laughs> Smiling, being positive, maybe keeping a gratitude journal. Yes. I would recommend also, and not to use this, but I've been pushing, and Jill pushes, to start your day with the brachot Shahar with beginning the morning blessings. That they're all about the basic things in life. Bokachivrim, that God gives us sight. Malbisharim, He gives us clothing. You know, I, I said this in my first book. If we have to only find happiness in that which we don't yet have, we're going to be running after something which is very elusive. We already have a lot of what can make us happy. Maybe not everything. Right. Let me. I want to switch gears. I want to ask you another very practical question. Sure. We just have a few minutes left. This is so helpful, Daniela. Thank you. Yep. We are. I'm living in the Mecca of Jewish singlehood on the Upper West Side, where lots of people are friends with each other. Friends, friends, and more friends. Uh, Jill and I were friends first, uh, before we started, kind of, you know, whatever. I, basically, I, I always liked it right away, but... We were friends because my best friend was dating her, so there was nothing I could do. (laughs) That's basically what happened. That's um, funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So, you know, how do we... First of all, do you believe that some friendships, platonic relationships can be converted into romantic relationships? And if you believe that, which ones? (laughs) And how would you go about doing it?
2: That's a toughie.
1: Because
2: I usually will contact the guy... And ask him if he wants to date somebody. And he's like, yeah, I'm friends with her. Right. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so are you interested in meeting her for a date, like dating her for a relationship? You know, like trying to get, well, you know, not really. Like I know her, we're friends, we're good friends, you know, but it's not going to be anything. So I'm not saying that's every guy. That's an example of the guys who I've contacted who are, you know, friends with somebody, um, I think actually recently I did contact somebody who said that they're friends and they would consider dating them. That was a recent thing. I don't remember who it is. Um, it'll come to me. Well, you, um, the answer is if yeah, they're attracted, if they're attracted to the person and they know the other person would be interested in going out with them, then I think it can turn into something.
1: What, what if the guy tells you? mark i just don't know if she thinks of me that way and i'm just going to blow the relationship meaning like there's a good chance she's like what you know that's not who we are and then we won't be friends anymore right you I mean, i'm setting myself i'll tell you i told somebody so, many, so okay. blow the relationship that's what i've right. said over the years I agree my, my oldest friends ari know you know ari and sarah beth salmons i can huh. say it because this is but like whatever they lived in they just actually moved to the south of israel made Aliyah many years ago and uh, he was one of my closest friends and all he do- talked about with his good friend, Sarah Beth. And I was like, I'm so annoyed, you know, like listening to you mouth off about her, just ask her out already. No, no, no. that's, that's not who we. And what's going to happen? I said, fine, you'll have one less platonic friend. I think yes. you can live with that and maybe the chance there that it can turn so- romantic, but um, you know, do, do you believe that though friendships can, can morph into that?
2: Like what you said, you know, I do agree with that that kind of case can work. And I, I, it meaning if, if they are attracted to them, they like them, they want to be around them. And I remember I meet with both people usually. So I know that the other person is interested so I can push it a little bit more. Like, well, I think she would be interested, you know, and be like, really, you know, like I'll know more necessarily, sure. you know, than the average person. Like people, a lot of people tell me what's going on in their life, you know? Um, So I do believe it can help, it it can work if they're both attracted to the other person. If there's physical attraction, um, I think it can develop into a real relationship and marriage.
1: Do you think that in every platonic relationship, there's one party that wants a little more or is thinking about it at least? Possibly. Possibly. i yeah. do
2: think I do think that there it could be like that. I mean obviously, each case is such a different case, you know, but um what happens is like you're saying, I know some of these people, I know a lot of people on the upper west side um that they say that they're friends and they don't wanna give it a chance, you know, so it's it's right. you know. <laughs> You know, like, well, if we both haven't met somebody in five years, you know, then maybe we'll try to make this work. (laughs) You know, like that kind of.
1: A lot of that, that's what I was alluding to before, you know, help people out of those relationships. Just wasting each other's time.
2: Totally Um, wasting. But I'll
1: I'll tell you, my mother of blessed memory told me that her best friend in college was this guy. She went to NYU College. It's a long time ago. And uh, they did homework together, they studied for tests together. And then when she met my dad and got engaged, they sent him, of course, an invitation to the wedding, to which he never responded. And my mother called him, and called him, and called him, and found out that he liked her all along. And and she became convinced from that one incident that there's no such. Every time I was friends with a girl that I wasn't dating, she either likes you or you like her. It doesn't I, exist.
2: That's what I. Think. I totally. What do you say, Joe? I do not think men and women can be friends. I right. think there are exceptions.
1: There and are. You I know, don't
2: believe it's. I don't believe it's, it's either you or her.
1: I mean the up, him, the, the right. entire Upper West Side thinks they are the exception because that's the community in which we live. So many people right. are friends that are not dating. um And
2: but I think one or the other.
1: Right. Well, you know, we always thought Joe and I was always like how many of those platonic relationships can we help transform into something more? Right. You know? I'll tell you
2: some of the cases I'm thinking about different idea of different couples like that, different platonic couples like that. And some of them are not necessarily on the same religious level and right. Right. they feel right. like they can't have a relationship with that person because of the religious level. And I know some of the people it's because of attraction. And I know some, I'm thinking about different example, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that, like alluding to what we said about chemistry, what I said about chemistry, what you asked me, you know, I think that if there's chemistry, a couple can work. You could just work out those other things. You know, let's say if the religious level is different and they really like each other, that's what people are looking for, the chemistry. Obviously when you're in your early twenties, it's different than when someone is in their thirties, maybe I'm just putting it out there, you know, that sometimes like I have a couple now I'm trying to set up and he's not fully Shomer Shabbos. And he's open to it. He grew up modern Orthodox and she is more on the Dati light, but very Shomer Shabbos and Kashrut. And he would be willing to. So I tried setting him up May of 2019 and now I'm trying again.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. does that so, work? By the way, does that work? Um, Cause you said earlier that once, you know, you were cautioning people from throwing away the relationship too quickly before you were sure because once it's broken, it's hard to fix. But, you know, have you seen some successful retakes? <laughs>
2: no. I, I, I can't think of one right now.
1: Oh, uh-huh. but this
2: is a retake on trying to set them up. Like she uh, had okay. left oh, the country right? There and, yeah. and then it just, you know, he left the country and did a full, you know, trip, you know, like almost a year long, and you know what I'm saying. Like it was more location. That was one of. By the way, this is one of the things that bothers me with matchmaking, is that when I have this awesome idea, and then somebody's going to, a, you know, Aruba for a week. You know, <laughs> like no, you have to cancel your flight. I have a great idea for you. <laughs> so, so those are those are the times that it's frustrating. Sure. Um, I know everybody's you know calendar, you know. <laughs> So actually like one of my fifth couple happened when he was in America. He lived here. He's from Long Beach. He lives in Israel, but he was, I I wrote to him, you know, are you available to date? And um, I realized during the meeting with the girl, it's really not a good idea, but I came and answered the email afterwards. He said, yes, I'm available to date, but I'm in Pennsylvania for the summer. And so I said, Oh my gosh! I have somebody for you, it, you know. And he's saying, "Do you have anybody for me?" I'm like, "Yes." It, 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 you know, do you have a car? She lives in Muncie, so I write to her. Are you available to date? How are things going on the dating front? And she writes back, "Yes, I'm available to date, but I'm going to be in Pennsylvania for the summer." So <laughs> it was my. And I said to everybody in my house, "This is God's hand, right? Like oh, this is happening." Oh, and then, sure enough, it did. So wow, they are my fifth couple. Beautiful.
1: Well, yeah. I I think that's a great way to. This to a close because I want to end up. I want to end on a positive note because there are a lot of unfortunately, people down and out that they haven't met their 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 special one, their soulmate. And I just want to give a bracha. You know, first of all, in memory of uh, of Ezra's mom, Malka, Bas Aharon Abram Halevi. Um, but that uh, everyone should be blessed to to meet their soulmate. And there were a lot of great great lessons uh, that I think we we can come out of here with. Um, and, um, one of which I want to make a big plug and that is for Daniela. And if whatever reason she doesn't have the time or you have too many clients and there are others out there, I really think that at the end of the day, um, navigating these relationships are very complicated today. I think the websites and the dating sites have made it even more complicated on some level, made it very, very hard for a lot of people to successfully compete in that, in that space. Right. get yourself a dating coach and a professional matchmaker if you're trying to really get married there's nothing wrong nobody thinks twice about hiring a headhunting firm to find the next job and somebody's taking a big fat commission from their from the from, from the you know that's just the way the world works yes. and um i think i think that's a great te- i'm not saying it's for everyone i'm not saying everyone needs that necessarily right. but if you're at your wits end and you've tried a b and c it's, trying for, it's time for D-E-N-F. And I highly recommend, Daniela, it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you here, was not just to pick your brain, but to let people see who you are. Um, and if there are other people you want to share with us, with our community, Daniela, we've got 328. We're waiting for 329. Mm-hmm. And please, God, uh, Shem should continue to bless you uh, and your beautiful family. Please send my best to Josh and the whole family. But Hashem should bless you with continued success. You have amazing. an amazing attitude. You're bringing the wisdom of Torah to this very important uh, part of a challenging part of life. Uh, and you should just go Mechayel Khail from strength to strength.
2: Amen. Amen. Really, I really appreciated being here today and to have the honor of speaking with you. And hi, Jill. Wow. Um, should, and I thank God. Amazing things are happening in my network right now. A lot of really amazing dating going on. And obviously, I want to do more of it. So... Yeah. You know, that's the goal cool, that people understand that it has to be a good idea. So when the right person comes, I'm happy, more than delighted to set you up. And it's just a matter of getting to know each person beforehand. Um, and you know, when it's it's wonderful. Everybody should scroll down on my Facebook page to see the guy with the umbrella. He's seriously dating right now. <laughs> it's very
1: cool. That is awesome, awesome. Thank you so, so much. This was amazing. I really like this was practical and real, and I hope everyone listening could take some real, um, some tidbits, yes. ideas, and advice from this. Thank you so let much. Me,
2: let me put in a plug quickly. I'm mm-hmm. doing a Dating Smarter series on Sunday for two Sundays. And if they want to sign up and get a lot of dating information um, this Sunday and next okay. Sunday, it's, okay. on
1: it's, on, it's
2: on my website. It's on my Facebook page. Everyone can go. Okay, do me
1: there. a favor. Send it to sure. me. You know, Send me the link, and we'll send it out. Sure. Thank you. On Zoom, what's, what are you doing it through?
2: I'm going to send out a link, probably Zoom.
1: Great. I, I okay, good. We'll, I'll figure we'll, it out. we we'll in <laughs> information there. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank but, you so much. Take care. Oh, such a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Continue Bye-bye. doing your amazing work. I love our Torah, by the way. It's amazing. Oh, thank all you right.
0: Thanks. So Take care. Take care, all of we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wilds Cast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast store. It only takes a minute, and when you do it, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wilds. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.